Section 14 of the Book of Ser Marco Polo Concerning the Kingdoms and Marvels of the East, Volume 2. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Jeremiah Sutherland, Victoria, British Columbia. The Book of Ser Marco Polo, the Venetian, Concerning the Kingdoms and Marvels of the East, Volume 2 by Rusticello da Pisa, translated by henry yule book third chapters nineteen to twenty three concerning the kingdom of mutfili concerning the province of lar whence the brahmins come concerning the city of kyle of the kingdom of coilum of the country called komari chapter nineteen concerning the kingdom of mutfili when you leave maybar and go about a thousand miles in a northerly direction you come to the kingdom of mutfili this was formerly under the rule of a king, and since his death some forty years past, it has been under his queen, a lady of much discretion, who for the great love she bore him never would marry another husband. And I can assure you that during all that space of forty years she had administered her realm as well as ever her husband did or better. And as she was a lover of justice, of equity, and of peace, she was more beloved by those of her kingdom than ever was lady or lord of theirs before the people are idolaters and are tributary to nobody they live on flesh and rice and milk it is in this kingdom that diamonds are got and i will tell you how there are certain lofty mountains in those parts and when the winter rains fall which are very heavy the waters come roaring down the mountains in great torrents when the rains are over and the waters from the mountains have ceased to flow they search the beds of the torrents and find plenty of diamonds in summer also there are plenty to be found in the mountains but the heat of the sun is so great that it is scarcely possible to go thither, nor is there then a drop of water to be found. Moreover, in those mountains great serpents are rife to a marvellous degree, besides other vermin, and this owing to the great heat. The serpents are also the most venomous in existence, insomuch that any one going to that region runs fearful peril, for many have been destroyed by those evil reptiles now among these mountains there are certain great and deep valleys to the bottom of which there is no access wherefore the men who go in search of the diamonds take with them pieces of flesh as lean as they can get and these they cast into the bottom of a valley now there are numbers of white eagles that haunt those mountains and feed upon the serpents when the eagles see the meat thrown down they pounce upon it and carry it up to some rocky hilltop where they begin to rend it but there are men on the watch and as soon as they see that the eagles have settled they raise a loud shouting to drive them away and when the eagles are thus frightened away the men recover the pieces of meat and find them full of diamonds which have stuck to the meat down in the bottom for the abundance of diamonds down there in the depths of the valleys is astonishing but nobody can get down and if one could it would be only to be incontinently devoured by the serpents which are so rife there there is also another way of getting the diamonds the people go to the nests of those white eagles of which there are many and in their droppings they find plenty of diamonds which the birds have swallowed in devouring the meat that was cast into the valleys and when the eagles themselves are taken diamonds are found in their stomachs so now i have told you three different ways in which these stones are found no other country but this kingdom of mutfili produces them but there they are found both abundantly and of large size those that are brought to our part of the world are only the refuse as it were of the finer and larger stones for the flower of the diamonds and other large gems as well as the largest pearls 
are all carried to the great khan and other kings and princess of those regions in truth they possess all the great treasures of the world in this kingdom are also made the best and most delicate buckrams and those of highest price in sooth they look like tissue of spider's web there is no king nor queen in the world but might be glad to wear them the people also have the largest sheep in the world and great abundance of all the necessaries of life there is now no more to say so i will tell you about a province called lar from which the abraiamen come chapter twenty concerning the province of lar whence the brahmins come lar is a province lying towards the west when you quit the place where the body of st thomas lies and all the abraiamen in the world come from that province you must know that these abraiamen are the best merchants in the world and the most truthful for they would not tell a lie for anything on earth if a foreign merchant who does not know the ways of the country applies to them and entrusts his goods to them they will take charge of these and sell them in the most loyal manner seeking zealously the profit of the foreigner and asking no commission except what he pleases to bestow they eat no flesh and drink no wine and live a life of greater chastity having intercourse with no woman except with their wives nor would they on any account take what belongs to another so their law commands and they are all distinguished by wearing a thread of cotton over one shoulder and tied under the other arm so that it crosses the breast and the back they have a rich and powerful king who is eager to purchase precious stones and large pearls and he sends these abraiman merchants into the kingdom of mabar called soli which is the best and noblest province of india and where the best pearls are found to fetch him as many of these as they can get and he pays them double the cost price for all so in this way he has a vast treasure of such valuables these abraiamen are idolaters and they pay greater heed to signs and omens than any people that exists i will mention as an example one of their customs to every day of the week they assign an augury of this sort suppose that there is some purchase in hand he who proposes to buy when he gets up in the morning takes note of his own shadow in the sun which he says ought to be on that day of such and such a length and if his shadow be of the proper length for the day he completes his purchase if not he will on no account do so but waits till his shadow corresponds with that prescribed for there is a length established for the shadow for every individual day of the week and the merchant will complete no business unless he finds his shadow of the length set down for that particular day also to each day in the week they assign one unlucky hour which they term choach for example on monday the hour of half tierce on tuesday that of tierce on wednesday nones and so on again if one of them is in the house and is meditating a purchase should he see a tarantula such as are very common in that country on the wall provided it advances from a quarter that he deems lucky he will complete his purchase at once but if it comes from a quarter that he considers unlucky he will not do so on any inducement moreover if in going out he hears any one sneeze if it seems to him a good omen he will go on but if the reverse he will sit down on the spot where he is as long as he thinks that he ought to tarry before going on again or if in travelling along the road he sees a swallow fly by should its direction be lucky he will proceed but if not he will turn back again in fact they are worse in these whims than so many paterans these abraiamen are very long-lived owing to their extreme abstinence in eating and they never allow themselves to be let blood in any part of the body 
they have capital teeth which is owing to a certain herb they chew which greatly improves their appearance and is also very good for the health there is another class of people called chugi who are indeed properly abraiamen but they form a religious order devoted to the idols they are extremely long-lived every man of them living to one hundred and fifty or two hundred years they eat very little but what they do eat is good rice and milk chiefly and these people make use of a very strange beverage for they make a potion of sulphur and quicksilver mixed together and this they drink twice every month this they say gives them long life and it is a potion they are used to take from their childhood there are certain members of this order who lead the most ascetic life in the world going stark naked and these worship the ox most of them have a small ox of brass or pewter or gold which they wear tied over the forehead moreover they take cow dung and burn it and make a powder thereof and make an ointment of it and daub themselves withal doing this with as great devotion as christians do show in using holy water also if they meet any one who treats them well they daub a little of this powder on the middle of his forehead they eat not from bowls or trenchers but put their victuals on leaves of the apple of paradise and other big leaves these however they use dry never green for they say the green leaves have a soul in them and so it would be a sin and they would rather die than do what they deem their law pronounces to be a sin if any one asks how it comes that they are not ashamed to go stark naked as they do they say we go naked because naked we came into the world and we desire to have nothing about us that is of this world moreover we have no sin of the flesh to be conscious of and therefore we are not ashamed of our nakedness any more than you are to show your hand or your face you who are conscious of the sins of the flesh do well to have shame and to cover your nakedness they would not kill an animal on any account not even a fly or a flea or a louse or anything in fact that has life for they say these have all souls and it would be sin to do so they eat no vegetable in a green state only such as are dry and they sleep on the ground stark naked without a scrap of clothing on them or under them so that it is a marvel they don't all die in place of living so long as i have told you they fast every day in the year and drink naught but water and when a novice has to be received among them they keep him a while in their convent and make him follow their rule of life and then when they desire to put him to the test they send for some of those girls who are devoted to the idols and make them try the continence of the novice with their blandishments if he remains indifferent they retain him but if he shows any emotion they expel him from their society for they say they will have no man of loose desires among them they are such cruel and perfidious idolaters that it is very devilry they say that they burn the bodies of the dead because if they were not burnt worms would be bred which would eat the body and when no more food remained for them these worms would die and the soul belonging to that body would bear the sin and the punishment of their death and that is why they burn their dead now i have told you about a great part of the people of the great province of mabar and their customs but i have still other things to tell of this same province of mabar so i will speak of a city thereof which is called kyle chapter twenty one concerning the city of kyle kyle is a great and noble city and belongs to ashar the eldest of the five brother kings it is at this city that all the ships touch that come from the west as from hormos and from kis and from aden and all arabia laden with horses and with other things for sale and this brings a great concourse of people from the country round about and so there is great business done in this city of kyle 
the king possesses vast treasures and wears upon his person great store of rich jewels he maintains great state and favors his kingdom with great equity and extends great favor to merchants and foreigners so that they are very glad to visit his city this king has some three hundred wives for in those parts the man who has most wives is most thought of as i have told you before there are in this great province of mabar five crowned kings who are all own brothers born of one father and of one mother and this king is one of them their mother is still living and when they disagree and go forth to war against one another their mother throws herself between them to prevent their fighting and should they persist in desiring to fight she will take a knife and threaten that if they will do so she will cut off the paps that suckled them and rip open the womb that bare them and so perish before their eyes in this way has she full many a time brought them to desist but when she dies it will most assuredly happen that they will fall out and destroy one another all the people of this city as well as the, the rest of india have a custom of perpetually keeping in the mouth a certain leaf called temple to gratify a certain habit and desire they have continually chewing it and spitting out the saliva that it excites the lords and gentlefolks in the king had these leaves prepared with camphor and other aromatic spices and also mixed with quicklime and this practice was said to be very good for the health if any one desires to offer a gross insult to another when he meets him he spits this leaf or its juice in his face the other immediately runs before the king relates the insult that has been offered him and demands leave to fight the offender the king supplies the arms which are sword and target and all the people flock to see and there the two fight till one of them is killed they must not use the point of the sword for this the king forbids chapter twenty two of the kingdom of coilum when you quit mabar and go five hundred miles towards the southwest you come to the kingdom of coilum the people are idolaters but there are also some christians and some jews the natives have a language of their own and a king of their own and are tributary to no one a great deal of brazil is got here which is called brazil coilman from the country which produces it tis of very fine quality good ginger also grows here and it is known by the same name of coilman after the country pepper too grows in great abundance throughout this country and i will tell you how you must know that the pepper trees are not wild but cultivated being regularly planted and watered and the pepper is gathered in the months of may june and july they have also abundance of very fine indigo this is made of a certain herb which is gathered and after the roots have been removed is put into great vessels upon which they pour water and then leave it till the whole of the plant is decomposed they then put this liquid in the sun which is tremendously hot there so that it boils and coagulates and becomes such as we see it they then divide it into pieces of four ounces each and in that form it is exported to our parts and i assure you that the heat of the sun is so great there that it is scarcely to be endured in fact if you put an egg into one of the rivers it will be boiled before you have had time to go any distance by the mere heat of the sun the merchants from manzi and from arabia and from the levant come thither with their ships and their merchandise and make great profits both by what they import and by what they export there are in this country many and diverse beasts quite different from those of other parts of the world thus there are lions black all over with no mixture of any other color and there are parrots of many sorts for some are white as snow with red beak and feet and some are red and some are blue forming the most charming sight in the world there are green ones too 
there are also some parrots of exceeding small size beautiful creatures they have also very beautiful peacocks larger than ours and different and they have cocks and hens quite different from ours and what more shall i say in short everything they have is different from ours and finer and better neither is their fruit like ours nor their beasts nor their birds and this difference all comes of the excessive heat corn they have none but rice so also their wine they make from palm sugar capital drink it is and very speedily it makes a man drunk all other necessaries of man's life they have in great plenty and cheapness they have very good astrologers and physicians man and woman they are all black and go naked all save a fine cloth worn about the middle they look not on any sin of the flesh as a sin they marry their cousins german and a man takes his brother's wife after the brother's death and all the people of india have this custom there is no more to tell you there so we will proceed and i will tell you of another country called komari chapter twenty three of the country called komari komari is a country belonging to india and there you can see something of the north star which we had not been able to see from the lesser java thus far in order to see it you must go some thirty miles out to sea and then you see it about a cubit above the water this is a very wild country and there are beasts of all kinds there especially monkeys of such peculiar fashion that you would take them for men there are also gatpoles in wonderful diversity with bears lions and leopards in abundance End of section 14